Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Outside the Barn, brought to you by the good people of New Amendment. One of your hosts, Kendall Shell, along with me, Trevor and Bachway, Blake Hoffarber. Trev, Blake, how are we both feeling today? Doing well, doing well. Just, uh, you know, enjoying the weekend. And I uh, was at the alumni uh, uh, thing yesterday. Trev wasn't unfortunately there. And obviously, Kendall and I, you as well. But, you know, last time we spoke, you know, I will say they, they play a lot better than uh, the previous year, but we did go 0-2, so could be better, but uh, they're improving, yeah. which is good to see, but I'm doing well. How about you, Trev? Uh, I'm doing well, too. Uh, good week, long week. Um, we got to watch some good basketball this week, uh, through, I think, throughout the whole Big Ten. Um, it was fun to watch. It was fun seeing kids, you know, competing at all, you know, at every school. And um, I'm excited to be back here, you know, talking gopher hoops with you guys and uh, getting back to it. And there's no yeah. snow today. It's perfect. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> that was my next question, how the weather was. But, Blake, man, yeah, you talked about the alumni thing. So I know Trev, neither myself or him could make it. But yesterday, for everybody that doesn't know, was gopher basketball alumni day. So I think most are – a lot of the alumni, you know, were supposed to try to get back there and support the team. So, yeah, man, Blake, talk a little bit about the alumni day and talk a little bit about that experience. Maybe some people just don't even know, you know, what that looks like. But talk a little bit about that. Yeah, it was good. I mean, obviously, you guys know, you know, once a year we have the alumni day and they try to do a breakfast beforehand. And this year they they um, did it with the Golden Dunker folks. Um, I unfortunately wasn't able to make that, but I heard it was well uh, good. Then this year... Um, you know, normally we all sit over in that one section, but this year they switched it up and got us to, we could pick kind of where we wanted to sit uh, in open seats uh, across the arena. So that is pros and cons, right? You got to pick your seat, but you couldn't sit next to all the alumni, so you couldn't catch up to a lot of guys. Uh, but then obviously we went on in the court at halftime and they announced our names. Got to see a lot of guys that, you know, you see basically once a year, which is unfortunate, but it's a good thing to have that mm-hmm. so you can catch up with some guys and, um, you know, a lot of, especially the older guys, you get a little standing ovation and, you know, a little louder class for certain people, but it's, it's good to, uh, see everybody. And I think the fans like to see some folks as well. Yeah. Well, I know attendance has been kind of low this year, so I'm sure that's why yesterday they had an all time high for the season because you were there. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> had to be, had to be the reason, had to be the reason. <laughs> It actually was or pretty good attendance yesterday, but, but they have been struggling with that. But I think they thought Trout was going to come, so I'll just laugh at Exactly. That's funny. That's wow. funny. No, yeah, I know you said, um, yeah, there was a Golden Dunkers breakfast, which is which is cool. It's dope. I mean, for those of you that don't know, the Golden Dunkers are, you know, the kind of booster community around the Gopher basketball program. And they do a lot of dope stuff. I think there's going to be some cool stuff, you know, coming down the pipe with a lot of the Go for basketball alumni and the Golden Dunkers as well, too. And I know, you know, Ben wants to do it as well as us do on our call. You know, we want to do some cooler things just around the program. And, you know, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but it's just important to get excitement around go for basketball again around the program. You know, I know the Golden Dunkers is, you know, just one of many entities that can really help bring that excitement. So just something that I know everybody should at least Take a look at if they don't know what the Golden Dunkers is, if you're Gopher basketball fans. Um, but, yeah, they had to go for, you know, breakfast with the basketball team yesterday, which is dope. And it's just cool to have the alumni day, having everybody get back. But I think like we've talked about in the past, we still have to do better as alums, as getting together and bringing everybody together, not just for those organized alumni days where we walk on the court 
and wave our hands, but actually doing more stuff just ourselves and then, you know, getting together and figuring out more ways to stay connected to the team and the current people. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that later. Before, before we keep going on that, let's get into the X's and O's here. Let's talk about the last few games, you know, we had. First game um, since we last talked was a game at Wisconsin. So we talked about the importance of beating Wisconsin. And, you know, like you talked about, Blake, the games, they've been more exciting. But we took an L um, at Wisconsin by three. But one of the craziest things that I got from that game, right, is like, how did we have 20 turnovers and only lose by three? I'll, I'll talk. I'll let you guys, you know, carry on with that a little bit. But we lost by three and had 20 turnovers, which is like, Honestly, Bravo, how do you do that at Wisconsin? You know, that just that just doesn't happen. But it's just unfortunate that we had that many turnovers. I think after that game, it was the first time where I was like, yo, I think we got to start running for our turnovers at this point. Like, cause it's just, it's getting, it's getting bad. And that's going to really hurt us in some of those close games. But took an L by three at Wisconsin. Trev, I'll let you lead it off, man. Like, what were your thoughts after that Wisconsin game? You know, aside from the obvious turnovers, you know, what did you see out there? What were the most frustrating points where you saw we could have closed the gap? Um, it was a it was a good game. Uh, I watched it live. Um, I had the chance to watch it live, and it, it was you know the guys competed. I mean, it was it was fun to watch this team show up and be the team that we you know we kind of expected from the beginning of the season. They played hard. They're crashing the you know crashing the boards like everybody's having fun. You know, and ones you know they're you know Dawson you know playing great. Um. Like you, like you said, I mean, to have 20 turnovers on the road at Wisconsin and only lose by three and have a chance at the yes. end to win the game still, uh, you know, every loss is tough. But those, I'm sure that that ride back, uh, that flight back to Minnesota was a little bit easier than um, than it would have been if the, the circumstances were different. But the guys, they played hard. Um, they just shot themselves in the foot. You know, just some of the turnovers that we have, just like, you know, the play that kind of – comes to my mind right away is like we had an out-of-bounds play, baseline out-of-bounds, and we just kind of threw it to them and turned the ball over. <laughs> it was just like, where do we – you know, it's just like those 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 mistakes that we can't make um, and we should be making at this point in the season. But at the end of the day, like the kids play hard. Coach Johnson, it was a well-coached game. Uh, we had a chance to win the game. We, you know, we should have won the game probably. And uh, But I think that was a definitely an experience for them to learn from and to, you know, to build off of. But – um, there was just the team that showed up is the team that we've been looking for. That's the team we want to see. Like, like we've been saying the same thing just compete and they right. competed like, you know, and so Blake. Yeah, man, I, I was happy. I mean, after our last podcast, you know, I, I was a little nervous cause I think we all agreed if they were going to continue playing, like they were playing without the effort and stuff, we were not going to have another podcast again. So, um, <laughs> after that Thanks. game, you know, Thanks. both games, but focusing on Wisconsin, um, you know, to echo Trevor, they gave effort. They gave, you know, heart, determination, whatever you want to call it. I mean, they put it out there. And obviously we've had her, a lot of downs this year, but they they showed up for that game. And that's tough. Trevor and I and Kendall, you both, all of us know, it, it's hard to play at the Cole Center, especially with that crowd, and especially with Wisconsin kind of holding the ball and, you know, reversing it a lot. And, you know, we showed up. And, the, the fortunate thing is, Kendall, your point is 
the turnovers, right? T- 20 turnovers. And the worst part is a lot of them were from our stud players, right? It wasn't from, mm-hmm. you know, some players maybe you would more expected of or younger guys. I mean, it was it was from some of our, our studs, right, that you just want not expect yeah. to turn the ball over. So that was unfortunate. Right. And I know you you joked, you know, Kendall, you know, maybe they start having to run uh, for each turnover. But, Trev, you probably remember this. And maybe, Kendall, I didn't play with you. But remember when uh, – Tubby would have us anytime in practice you had a turnover, everyone had to run, you know, per turnover, mm-hmm. like a killer or something. So you didn't even want to steal the ball when you were playing defense against the other team because <laughs> you would have to run if you stole it, right? Um, so, but yeah, I think they just gotta they just gotta take care of the ball. And you know, I hold on. Going back to that one, that was like the most craziest thing. Like you couldn't play defense, but you had to play defense. Oh, yeah. But if you turned it over and then if you, on if defense, you stole you the run. ball, you were kind of like shit. Damn, I got to run now. Right? Right? It'd be but. all bad. And then dude would be so mad when you steal it from him, too. Be like, bro, you making us all run. But then the coach telling you when you're here, like, you People better guard having, like, I know you're not trying. Your player, like, hey, I won't steal it if you won't steal it. Exactly. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. That was like, oh, my gosh. That's bringing PTSD right. Uh, oh, my gosh. Yeah, but. but like, oh, but, if you give up offensive rebound, you know, that's what I did was rebound. It was like, oh, oh yeah, the box out drill, too, is the same yeah. thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, when you said that, it Sorry, made yeah, me think of that. And it gave me a little PTSD <laughs> as well. But, you know, I think going back, I think it was a good game. Um, you know, the players played well despite turnover situation. Um, and, you know, I think. I don't want to be – I've never been a moral victory kind of guy. I think that was – you know, but maybe I'm getting soft in my right. old age and I got kids now. But, you know, if there was anything from it, I mean, if they would have continued playing in that game like they were the previous month, that would have been very disappointing. And they showed up and, and yeah. turned the, the 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 mindset around and worked hard and had a good game. So, um, you know, I, I think it was a positive. Yeah, no. I I'll admit to that Wisconsin team, like, they play – that's not that's not the normal in Wisconsin team. They pull the they shoot the ball early in the shot clock. I was like, whoa, what what team is this? Yeah, no, I know as well. They got that one freshman shooter that we would would throw him up there. So I mean, granted, you can say, you know, Tyler Wall got hurt right away, but you know, and he's a stud player, but you know, it would have it would have mattered somewhere, but you know, I don't think it would have been uh, a huge, huge uh swing either way. Right. I think we were we were hanging in with them. Yeah, they definitely were, uh, were ready to play versus Wisconsin. I mean, with Nebraska too. I mean, that was a good game. You know, it's uh, you know, it's, in the Big Ten, we always used to say like, you know, you got to take care of your home games, and you, you know, steal a couple on the road, and just losing that game was, you know, it was tough. The overtime game. I know the guys. It was a tough week for them. I know, like they, I could imagine. You know, you you lose a tough one at Wisconsin, then you come home and you. You lose another tough one in overtime um, in front of your home crowd. Um, so I know the guys are definitely feeling it, but hopefully, you know, they're feeling better today and, like, it kind of gives them hope. You know, it's still, it's still a long season. Uh, they have a t- tough week coming up, too. It's just like uh, – but that's just part of being the Big Ten. That's just part of it. That's, you know, it's the, it's the roller coaster ride that you kind of go through and you experience him. So Exactly. And I think we talked about that a little bit, too, in a way where it's like we want them to kind of feel it a little bit more. You know what I mean? Like we're talking about like being a little bit more competitive and like having that bitter rivalry with Wisconsin. Like I think just being able to feel it a little bit more and like see those losses, we don't want to lose. And like Blake said, I'm not a moral victory person either, but my 30th birthday is this month. So maybe I'm getting a little soft with age as well. I don't know what it is, but like we we just – 
those close losses in a way, I think, like you said, Trev, like they've been thinking about it all weekend, right? They're not watching football today. They probably at practice right now. They watch their film. You know, they're getting shots of like they're mad. They're mad. And I hope that they're mad because those were tough losses. Um, the Wisconsin game on the road, that's tough. And like the worst part about those ones, the early ones, is you look back at them all the time, no matter what your record is. If you're a tourney automatic bid, it's like we could have been a one seed if we would have won a couple of those early games. Or if you're on the verge or on the bubble, whatever it may be. So I think that's the hardest part. Um, that Wisconsin game, and like you just talked about, Trev, that Nebraska game. Like you, it's hard to win on the road, but you don't want to lose at home. You really don't want to lose at home. You know, I think some of our worst slides in all of my four years there. We're road slides usually when we started to lose a lot on the road. It's not it's not the home ones. You want to protect that home court. And Blake, I know you were at the game yesterday, uh, yesterday where they lost to Nebraska by two in overtime. So setting the stage here, we got Wisconsin lost by three, Nebraska lost by two. Like, talk a little bit about that game, Blake. I know the turnovers weren't really as big of a problem yesterday, but I don't know. There was a few other areas that I think there were some holes, but you were there front row seat. I'll give it to you. What what what's your overall thoughts on that Nebraska game, Coach Hoffover? I mean, I thought I thought we played well. Um, you know, I let's be honest. I think if we were to want to to win our first Big Ten game or to get some wins in the Big Ten, I think Nebraska at home was was probably the game that we needed to get um, just to call a spade a spade. But you know, they played well. Um, the, the one thing that will just and kudos to Nebraska is anytime we tried to get on a run and it got, you know, loud in there and we, you know, we got up by two or we tied it up, right. They, they got a bucket, whether it was a three, whether it was a putback. I mean, they just kept, you know, yeah. you know clawing away and keeping it close. And um, unfortunately, you know, when we were starting to try to go on runs, they just maintained us. And, you know, obviously it ended up going to overtime and we came back and hit, hit, hit some big shots. You know, Samuels hit that big shot at the end to send it to overtime. But, you know, if we're at home, you know, we need to take advantage of being at home and, and you know, college basketball. It pros too. I mean, you got to go on runs and, and, and get some points on those runs when the other team's down. And Nebraska held their own and, and, and put stops to us and, and you know, score buckets when they needed to do to basically shut the crowd up and had us sit back down. So, but in the grand scheme of things, I think they played well. I still think they have a little sporadic shooting sometimes where, you know, they, you know, some interesting shots go up. But the one positive I would say from yesterday is I noticed a lot more ball movement, ball rotation than they've historically had mm -hmm. this season. Um, which I enjoyed watching more, right? It wasn't, you know, kind of like, hey, what's going on out there? I mean, they were reversing the ball and passing the ball around, moving it around. So, um, you know, they're getting better. And I think we talked about that in the last podcast is we just got to see improvement this year. And obviously we want wins, but we need to get these young guys improving. We want to be a different team from now till March. And I think they're they're doing that. Um, so, so I was happy to see that and then the last thing i'll say is i noticed and i'm not a big guy i'd be curious to see uh Tra's reaction to this but i noticed Payne was almost the only one to do it at the beginning of the year where he can you know eat space i call it you know when they post up but yeah. all of a sudden even him and garcia i mean these guys are posting up like way out there right so it's even hard to make a move versus like get them on the block and seal them and then make a quick move right but you know if you guys have been watching a lot of these posts up are like 
way out there by, you know, almost the three point line. And it's, you know, I, I don't quite get it. And Nebraska was doubling us from even far out there. But, you know, I, I, I would be interested, curious to see Trev because he was really good at sealing space and eating the space <laughs> and having an easy bucket versus trying to make a driving move as a big seven footer. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point, actually. That's one of the, the only thing I was probably going to add to it. Just like when our guys get the ball in the post, they're not even looking to score anymore. Like, I think that's what made Pharrell so special at the beginning of the season. You know, first three games of the season, was like, oh, my gosh, I haven't seen nobody seal like this in a while. And, like, now it's just like, you know, it's now it's like even above the block. And it's just like, okay, that's not where your your advantage is right now. Um, but, yeah, that, that's something to look at, too, for sure. Like, I, I agree, like, you know – Dawson, he's aggressive, and a lot of times he's just looking to pull up, you know, and which is, you know, which is fine. Like, you know, he's, let's he's be honest. I mean, that's person. probably oh. his game, too, right? I don't think yeah. he's a guy that, that's eating space. Like, I think Payne is a guy that should be doing that, right? But yep. Garcia yeah. maybe is more of a guy that catches it further out, faces him up, and makes one dribble move, you know, to the basket. And, you know, that's okay. Yeah. But some of the other guys, I think just, you know, the post up should be a yeah. little deeper, even Garcia at certain points. Yeah, I mean, Pharrell, like, you know, as a, even as a freshman, he's strong enough to, you know, seal most guys in the Big Ten, especially on a switch or whatever the case may be. Uh, just being dominant, being a beast. Uh, you know, he, he he does a lot of great things still well. Uh, he crashes the boards really hard. He does his, you know, he plays his role. Um, but that's, you know, for him to take that next step and being a great player that I think we all think he's going to be, um, that's just something he's going to have to be able to do consistently. Um, yeah, but yeah, just my view on the Nebraska game is like it was it was a dogfight. It was a fun game to watch. It was back and forth, like you said. Nebraska, any chance, any time Minnesota had a chance to pull away, they'll get a big put back here or hit a three tough shot here, and like the energy was like it was a big game for both teams. You could tell, and that's how they both were playing. And, um, so for us, even you know, about, you know, get the game into overtime at the end. I, you know, the guys kept fighting and they kept you know. They didn't give up on each other, and uh, that was good to see. Um, but Nebraska, like that, you know, Coach Hoiberg, he he had them, he had them playing hard. You know, Coach Johnson did too. Like it was, it was a fun game to watch, even though we, you know, we unfortunately lost. But that was that was one of those games, you know, just like Wisconsin when we left, and it's like, okay, yeah, that was. Good. <laughs> well, let's be honest. Going like, back not- to to Payne, I mean, he's been the bright spot. I thought in the whole season, I'm sure, you know, last game, and you know. You know, the past couple of games, maybe not as much, but you can see the talent there and the player he's going to be. Sure. And, you know, I also think, one, you're a freshman. So, you know, it's different being a freshman in non-conference. And then, you know, not that he's not going to be able to do in the Big Ten what he did in non-conference, but there's an adjustment, right? You start, you know, trying to seal mm-hmm. a guy and you get hit back versus hitting them under the basket. It's just a different, different level of play from a strength perspective with bigs in the Big Ten. And Trev would know this. So, you know, I don't want to, you know, I still think he's one of the, the bright spots of our whole team. Um, but, you know, Agreed. I'm just excited for him to start getting the experience of the Big Ten and see how he improves, you know, next game, the game after, and starts to realize, okay, here's what I can and here's what I need to work on and here's what I should do. I don't like how – I mean, I love how athletic he is and, like, the you know, his ability to hedge as hard as he does. But sometimes, like, you know – he hedges hard. And I mean, obviously that's our game plan, but part sometimes it's like, do we need him hedging to half court and then sprinting back to the paint and doing that? That's just me as a big two. I hate it myself. Cause like, you know, I, 
now you're out of position now you know and it's just it's a lot of extra work so i wonder like how much uh, that comes into play for him i love that trev you would hedge out and i can go right under you and just <laughs> just maintain i, was, I hated trailing i was i was gonna say i think yesterday um pain like you said like it's an adjustment man he's going against grown men right now like Payne's 18 and i think yesterday was it Derek walker whoever it was is 24 years old for nebraska wow. right so it's like you're going up against Trev pretty much when Trev was a freshman, you know? So it's, it's essentially like that is the competition you're going up against. Like, how do you, how do you adjust to it? And I think he adjusted pretty well. Like yesterday he got scored on and got bodied, you know, by this player who's been around the game for a long time. We know he's scored. And then there was a next possession pain came right back down and he scored on him. Right. So he can do it. It's not like he's backing down. And like you said, like his footwork and a lot of the things he does as a big for a freshman, I feel are well more advanced than a lot of the great big men, you know, we've seen come through our program. So I just I do say that he's been an obvious bright spot. I think Josh Ola Joseph, we talked about a lot. He's been another bright spot as well, too. I think he's brought it every game. You know, I think he's always been able to do all the little things. I think in a lot of games, we're not in a lot of games because of him. I mean, without him, we're not in a lot of games. You know, like he does a lot on the offensive end, the defensive end, the rebounding end. Um, he plays the low post well, right? He does a lot of things. He's athletic and he brings everybody up. So I'd love to see him even more vocal and bringing everybody kind of getting, giving his energy off because it is contagious, right? You probably saw it yesterday, Blake, actually being there, but. He's been another bright spot as well. So those are those are two freshmen that have been bright spots. And also I'd say Jaden Henley's been a bright spot. I think Jaden Henley had a great game yesterday, the Nebraska game. I think he did a lot of great things. Um, I think Jaden Henley, he has the potential to be a great defender. Um, I also think he does a lot of good things on offense where he does a lot of good paint touches. Like he gets to the paint, and I feel like a lot of the problems with our offense is like we can become stagnant out there and we can settle and we have to try and get that post up where they're posted way too high. But, like, Jaden's good at getting paint touches, and I feel like things, things happen. Like, I'll be honest, towards the end of the game yesterday, I was upset when we didn't see him come back in and when he was taken out just because I feel like we started to see things start to go when he was in the game. I thought his paint touches started to open things up, and then we started to become a little stagnant after. But – I don't know. I thought he had a, a pretty big impact on yesterday's game as well. So those are those are three freshmen we're talking about here. Yeah, that's a, and that's a bright spot. I mean, Minnesota fans got to realize, right? We're young. You know, obviously it's not what we thought, but we got a lot of young guys, and they are improving. They're getting better. Um, you know, going to Henley's, you know, you know, thought. You know, I agree with you, Kendall. I do think. You know, going back to pain, you know, we were talking about him eating space, ceiling, et cetera. But it's also on the guards too, right? To get him in position, the bigs to score. And a lot of that is as simple as hopefully they start hitting some more shots from the outside. Because, you know, let's be honest. I love when Trev and I were on the same side and he probably loved it too, right? Because guys would try to double him or focus on him when I pass it into the paint. My guy would try to help out and then he'd kick it out to me for a three or vice versa. If I was hot. You know, guys would not be able to sink down and double Trev, right? From 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 my uh, you know position when I passed it into him. So you know, I think as the three point shot starts evolving and hopefully getting better for our team throughout the year, because let's be honest, it hasn't been very solid for us this year, and we do shoot quite a few threes. Um, that's going to help out guys like Payne on the inside. 
Yeah, I completely agree. Like they could have that same sort of two person game. And I think we saw in non conference a lot more. Payne does have pretty good vision outside of the post, right? When he's looking out of the post, he does have pretty good vision. Um, but just like, yeah, Trev and yourself, Blake, when you're playing and you're on and you can throw it in, you're both kind of getting, you know, keyed in on that same type of effect can happen with the Payne and the Jameson battle, right? When Jameson starts to kind of get going and hitting his shots. I think 100% the same thing could happen. But to your point, like we talked about earlier with, you know, Pharrell and the other posts, they do have to start sealing and getting lower so that there is even space to pass it back out. Because right now where they're posting up, like the guard can just come dig down and that's it. Like you don't even can't even do anything and they get and recover to a three-point shooter. But yesterday, I think there was a play where Pharrell was on like the left post, but it was like high post. He had to do about five back down drills. And he somehow, I think he fouled, got fouled and scored, but like still like, that's way too right. much. Like, how do you figure it out and how do you open that up? And there might be some more actions we need to see where Post needs to cross screen down low. We need to see, you know, Pharrell or someone come off, come off a cross screen and then stop at that block and get them, hit them down low there. But to your point, Blake, it's not all on them. And I think this is a problem with just basketball in general now. Like, guards don't look in the post as much. Trev, you might have something to say about this. You might be very opinionated about this one, but Guards really don't look in the post enough. Like, I'll be honest. Like, I think even, Blake, when you play, when we play, we probably always got told it as well. Like, look down there. Like, look into the post. So, same with you, like, Trev. I mean, I'm sure you went through that, right? Like, guards don't look in the post enough. I think there's times where we don't look in the post, and Pharrell might not want to seal too low because he might fear that he's not even going to get the ball. You know what I mean? Well, I'm going to be yeah. a little devil's advocate, too, is, you know, I think the game's changing, too, where a lot of bigs are wanting to shoot threes and be on the outside, too, so it's even hard to do that. I mean, back in the day, I knew Trev wasn't going to go out and shoot a three, um, so I knew he was going to be down there posting up, so it gave me confidence. Like, he's not going to leak out. Like, I know he's going to be down there. I don't even have to look. I know he's going to be there versus now, you know, the four-man or five-mans are sitting on the three-point line a lot, so you just don't have the confidence. Like, are they going to be down there? You know, a lot of us have to anticipate when you see a reverse pass coming over. Like, I always knew Trev was going to be right at that block. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, I just feel like just with the style of game being changed now, I mean, Purdue's still good at it because they just have those big dogs we talked about last time, like seven, <laughs> you know, do a whole KG thing. He said he was 6'12", like seven twelve guys there, basically eight footers yeah. just sitting in, in the paint, right? They know they're going to be down there or, Every other team's a little more flexible, and I don't think they'd have yeah. guys like a pain that should be known to be a sealer like Trev, and you know, you give it to him, he can do one power, you know, dribble and dunk over a guy. Like that's what I want from Pain eventually. And it would be great if he can hit the outside shot a little bit, but like he could be a Big Ten player, like solid Big Ten player if he's just known for eating space, sealing a guy, and dunking over people, kind of like Trev was back then. Yeah. Yeah, because he, you know, eight to ten points easy just off of doing that. Hundred percent, and that's how kind of my mentality is. Like, you know, you're gonna get a couple on transition, you're gonna get a couple off of offensive rebounding, you're gonna get a couple off of just sailing hard, and you know he's shown it already. And that's, and but like you said, I mean, it's a lot of different reasons probably that's going on that we don't know about. And but then they like he's he has the sky, you know, the sky's the limit for him. Yeah, um, I think he could be a potential first team All Big Ten player by before his career is over. Um, <clears throat> that's yeah. the kind of potential I see, you know, as just, you know, being a former big guy. And I just see how strong, how athletic he is, how agile he is, uh, a lot of, the, you know, great things that he can do. So, 
But um, but yeah, yeah I mean, no. it, 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 part of it too is on you. It's just like you know how how bad do you want the ball? Like you know, True. for me as a defender, if I if I can get you to post up at the high post, I did my job already. And now you know now you have to take seven dribbles to get to the post, and now I got my guards who are gonna come trying to steal the ball from you. So part <laughs> like, of it, Trev, is if you sealed well enough. It was obvious he needed to get the ball, and if he didn't get the ball, like it just looked bad. Like, what the hell is that guard doing? Like, Trev's wide open, right? And you don't even have to get mad, but you just like prove a point. Like, I cannot not pass it to Trev because he just did all that work, and he's <laughs> wide open, and he sealed it, and he's heads under the rim, right? So that's yeah. kind of what they need to start doing. And I think you know, I keep going back to Trev, but he was good at that. Where you know, as a big, I'd want to like make it so I, a guard cannot not pass it to me in the post because it's just the fan base would just think I'm crazy for not throwing it in there. And you want to reward the bigs for doing it. That's a lot of work. I mean, it's not easy to seal a guy that's 250 pounds in the paint and hold him there for two seconds, you know? Yes. (laughs) I completely agree. I completely agree. Well, I think, obviously, man, we're 0-4, right? We're 0-4 in the Big Ten. Not a great start. Not the start that we want in the Big Ten. But we got to move on. We got to move on to, you know, what's next. And those two games are tough losses. Like I said, I think they're going to sting. And I think they're going to feel them. And, you know, they probably watched film all weekend. I think there's a lot of learnings from them. There's a lot of little things that they could have done, you know, that they're going to learn from it and they're going to get better at. But let's move on to the scouting report. Let's look to these next few games we have here coming up. Next game we have coming up. Ohio State, January 12th, this Thursday, and it is at Ohio State. So, obviously, first things first, we have a full week to prepare for this, right? So, I'm excited about that, you know. And like we talked about last week, guys, we didn't want to come here and keep talking about the same things. I think we did see that they actually did start competing. Like both you did, you know, start talking about, right? Like they really started competing these last two games. We just made some senseless mistakes. You know, that's been the main problem. But we're going to have to really compete these next few games. So first one up, Ohio State at Thursday. We know how hard it is to play at Ohio State. It'll be tough, tough road environment. You know, I I just I've seen a few Ohio State games this year. I will say, I mean, I'm not. The first person to say it, don't call me Galileo over here, but Bryce Sensabaugh is a pro. They have a pro on their roster. He can play. He's built like a pro. He plays like a pro. He's 6'6", like 230. He's going to be ready to go. You know, their team goes with him. It's going to be a tough matchup for our squad. You know, I want to see guys like Jamison and Dawson, you know, look a guy like Bryce in the eye. You know, like Trev, Blake, you both have been on all Big Ten preseason teams. You've had those you know, accolades, like you've gone up against other conference foes that you know, right, are supposed to be those guys, right? You know, Blake, how much they talked about Eric Gordon. Trev, you know how much they talked about a Draymond Green or a Jared Sellinger. Like, what went in your mind when you went and went up? Those guys, like, I need to see some of our top guys, you know, saying that same thing about Bryce and the whole entire Ohio State squad. But I'll open it up for you, Blake. You know, what do you need to see out of this squad to play at Ohio State and a win at Ohio State. And just talk a little bit about playing at Ohio State in general. Yeah, I mean, I think it's similar to the the Wisconsin game, right? It's tough to play at Wisconsin. Uh, it's tough to play at Ohio State, right? Ohio State's a well-known program. Um, 
you know, every time we went out there, it, there, it was a tough battle. Um, they had a guy named Evan Turner who sucked, but um, no, <laughs> Evan, I know you're listening to this, but no, uh, they were always tough. I mean, it, Hello, it, Evan, who? Evan, there's a guy named Evan Turner. I don't know. <laughs> um, Did you start? No, but it, it was tough out there. And, and if you don't get hyped up for a game like that, like something's wrong with you, right? So if you don't bring the effort, right. it's okay if maybe we don't have the talent they have. You know, and people can see that. But what what I get bugged about, if you don't get up for that game and get energy and be diving on the floor and, you know, take it seriously, like that's where I struggle with. And sure, they got all these pros. But, you know, the good thing about the Gophers right now is no one knows how they're going to kind of come out and play, right? You know, we're up or down or some guys are doing well some games. Some, you know, some guys aren't other games. We can switch it up and people aren't focused on us. It's not like we're a top 25 team. I mean, People come in or we'll come into, you know, Ohio State, they might, you know, look past us. And that that's huge. I mean, we got to use that to our advantage and say, all right, you look past us in the first 10 minutes, like all of a sudden we go up by eight points, like then it gets serious. And, um, yep. you know, the one thing I think, too, is, you know, battle, like we said, you know, Jamison battles a, a true player and a stud. You know, one thing I want to see with him is uses. I mean, he's strong, right? He's tall. He's strong. Like use his body a little bit and get some of these easy buckets inside. And even like he was posting up a couple of times more last year and like in the Nebraska game, he had a couple like, you know, jumpers where he took two dribbles and pulled up for a two. Like, I think you start getting that rhythm and be a little more, um, you know, non just, you know, I was mainly a three point shooter, but you probably remember like my senior year and junior year, I try to do, you know, a little more floaters and stuff like that just to like get people, to somewhat trust that I was going to drive. I probably wasn't always going to drive, but I needed to like in the back of their mind think, okay, he's not going to just shoot this three. And I think battle is a whole different type of player than I was where he could utilize that. He could be almost a 50, 50 guy where he's 50% in the paint, 50% from three. And that'll open up from three. And I bring this up with battle because we need to get him going when he has a good game. Obviously, Garcia, you know, we want him to have good games, too, and he's been having those good games. But when Battle has good games and shoots the ball well and gets assists, the team starts rolling with them. Yep. I mean, part of me, yeah, with we, you know, now that you bring that up, like part of me wonders if his aggressiveness is due to anything with his foot. You know, I don't want to be, you know, to throw anything out there. But, like, you know, is it part of his, like, still is he healing that or, like, does he not have the, the same – uh, trust in it that he, you know, had last year or, you know, what the case may be because he's, you know, he can score at every level, mid-range, three points inside the paint. Like, he's a – Jameson, when he's cooking, like, he's cooking. Like, uh, it's it's fun to watch. Um, and a lot of guys that are guarding but, him are probably smaller and not as strong as him, right? So, he's got to use that to his advantage. I always forget how big he is until I see him in person. Like, oh, like, he's, he's he's a legit, like, six 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 seven whatever case may be. Like, strong, thick. Um, like he has all the tools, um, especially as a lefty, like, you know, lefties, you know, you guys are tough to guard, you know, we're not used to it. And so, but I, yeah, I mean, it's a big game. Like, you know, I know it's a tough week. I mean, I'm glad they have a, you know, five days to prepare or four more days to prepare for this game. Um, like you said, like Blake earlier is just, you know, they have nothing to lose, you know, at this, they have to have that mindset and, you know, Ohio state's always a tough place to play at, especially, you know, cause their fans are right behind the bench. That's one of the, like my least favorite places to play because <laughs> so if you miss, if you miss a shot, you're going to hear about that when you're, uh, when you go back to the bench, but um, they have no excuse. I mean, it's a top 25 team they're going to be playing against. 
they're on the road. It's their chance to like kind of build off the momentum that they you know, made this week. Um, and like you said, when you when you see some of these big names that come up on your you know the scout report, like as a competitor, that's who you want to play against. That's who you want to beat. That's how that's as a basketball player, or any you know any you know any sport, uh, you get up for these games. So I hope that they're able to bounce back from it. You know, win or loss, you just want to see those guys compete and show up and you know play for each other. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. So. But I mean, it's a, there's the next three games. You know, they got Illinois, then they got what Michigan or Purdue again. It's just like it's a, <laughs> it's it's gonna be well, a gauntlet. That's the cool thing about the Big Ten too, right? We laugh about yep. it, and it's like, man, you can't take a day off. But that's what's sweet too. That's why the Big Ten is one of the best conferences, if not the best conference in the country. Um, and that's why I think you know people should want to play in the Big Ten, whatever team it is—Minnesota, Wisconsin, Nebraska. I mean. That's what's fun, and the more teams we get into the tournament, the more teams we kind of, you know, battle it out against and, you know, beat each other up in the Big Ten, the better our conference is. So, you know, hopefully we can snag one of these, right? You know, I'm not trying to be greedy here, but let's just get a win on the board, right, and get confidence. Like we said last podcast, if we don't have – if we don't get some wins here, it's going to be a rough season, and you're just going to know, like – in the back of your mind, oh, we're going to lose again. Oh, we're going to lose again, right? And you can't have that mindset. you got to be like, all right, we deserve to be in the Big Ten. We are a Big Ten team, and we have the talent to, to beat some teams, but we need, to, we need to get a win here on the board. Yep. Great point. All yeah. it takes is one. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. They just got to get one. What is it? Like pound the rock, whatever they may be, whatever, you know, Ben Johnson has to them, but that's what it is. They just got to focus one win at a time. Get that win at Ohio State is going to be a tough one. I think they have an opportunity to get that win. They just they just got to play together. They got to learn from what they've been, you know, the mistakes they made these last few games. But that's going to be a tough one as well as you know Illinois, like you said, at home. That it won't be easy. I know Illinois is on a little slide right now. Um, if, if any game is a good game to potentially get a win at home, like you talked about earlier, Blake, Nebraska game would have been a great one. Let's call it spade to spade. I would say Illinois is another one. I mean, you look at it. We talked earlier about turnovers. Minnesota's, I think, second to last in the Big Ten in turnovers per game. The team that has the most turnovers per game is Illinois. So let's actually, you know, get get something together and let's figure out how to really – Are you going to say it's going to be 60 turnovers in that game? That's <laughs> – <laughs> <laughs> I think I mean it could be, but that's the thing. Like, let's I think Gopher, so they had 20 in Wisconsin. They came back and only had seven this last game. So I will say we've been talking a lot about their turnovers a lot, but they did show a little room of improvement. Let's figure out how to keep that same, you know, for me, let's be realistic. Let's shoot for the goal of 10 or below. Obviously, seven or eight, I think, are ideal. Because you want to push the pace, you wanna you wanna push it, but 10 or below, I think would be great. But yeah, Trev, I mean, it might be a lot of turnovers that game, that Illinois game. <laughs> you know, also, we've been talking a lot about negatives, man. Let's talk a little bit about a positive. Blake, you probably can talk to a little bit more. I think, you know, these last few games, at, this last game at home yesterday, I could hear the crowd a little more, you know, through the screen. It wasn't a sold-out crowd by any means, but I think it was the first time the team started to see the crowd get behind them a little bit, and they started to play with energy, and I think, that's the type of energy they need to bring to a game, you know, like an Illinois at home. They they have to get that win. They have to get that win. And it's going to be not just them. It's going to be them, the coaches, and the crowd behind them. Yep. No, I'm I'm with you. And I, you know, I agree. I mean, 
Which one thing about gopher fans is we go through a lot of ups and downs, but people want the gophers to win, right? You know, there's Vikings fans, there's Timberwolves fans, there's Twins fans. You know, we got a big sports market, but people want the gophers to do well. And, you know, I think this year, obviously, we're starting off on the wrong foot. Attendance is maybe a little down, but the people that were at the game yesterday, I mean, it got loud for certain points, but that's also why I brought up kudos to Nebraska. They, they stepped up when the crowd got going and people got on their feet. We were on our feet for like 15 seconds because all of a sudden they hit a bucket and everyone sat back down. But the positive is people were on their feet. People went to the game. I mean, it's been cold. It's been snowy. You know, nowadays with, you know, kids activities and all that and 11 o'clock game, it can be tough to show up. But, you know, for the people that did show up yesterday, they, they were wanting a win. They were rooting on the team. I mean, there wasn't a lack of the fans not being into the game. So, um, and, and a lot of that's on the players too. Yesterday they, they played hard, you know, they made it a game. They, they were diving on the floor, taking charges. I mean, and I, that's what fans need to see to cheer on people, right? If I don't care if the game's a tie game, but it looks like we're playing lackadaisical and not caring. It's tough to be a fan and cheer for you. Right. So the more they can do what they did the past two games, I think the more fans and the more positivity we're going to have around this organization and the more improvement we're going to see. Yep. Yeah, I completely agree. They have to create their own energy. Yeah, that's that's the thing, man. I feel like, and we talk about it a lot, you know, I joke about it with you, Trev, like Trev would yell if he made a layup at his rim, that his hand grazed the rim. You know, like he would yell, (laughs) like it wasn't even a dunk sometimes. But that's the thing, though. That energy, like that Trev brought from the dunks, Yesterday, I think it was a couple times where we missed some key threes. Like, it was like a, uh, you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, I said in my head, I'm like, Drake Hollins, he's hit that. I'm like, Austin Hollins, he's hitting that. Like, I can remember just the energy that was brought out. I can remember what they would do after, right? I saw Torres Samuels get the crowd hyped a little bit yesterday, but it's like, you got to create that energy. You got to bring everybody with you because you two know more than anybody. When that place is rocking and you're bringing everybody together, it's it's a fun place to play. And you know, surprisingly enough, we talked to other players. It's tough for away teams to actually play in the barn when it is rocking. So yeah. they got to create that energy, man. They've got to create that energy. They'll figure it out. And I know you touched a little bit about attendance, Blake. We'll get to that um, on the next segment here. But just wrapping up that, you know, scouting report that we have, we got to come away with at least one of these wins. Like 100%, we have to. It's vital. They need to know that. And, you know, I hope they do everything that they – can you know and what they can control um to make it happen and the, the last piece of it that has been alarming to me i wanted to bring up to you too was you know a problem for me that i've been seeing and you've probably seen this before as well is is their free throw shooting and i know that that needs to be a focus this week in practice i know it needs to be talked about and i know that it's going to be something that can hurt them down the road you know yesterday at the end of the game i'm like hey if we get into a free throw battle right here we're losing you know what I mean? Like, we are losing. And I want to put a number out there. Don't want to alarm you guys. But right now, the Gophers are shooting 59% from the free throw line. Currently, that ranks last in the Big Ten. I'm looking. I say, wow, that's a lot lower than everybody else in the Big Ten. The Gophers are currently last in the country in free throw shooting percentage with 59%. So that's just something, you know, want to leave you guys with you know i don't know if it's just mental or whatever it may be trevor i don't want to skip over imagine you, if they had trev on their team shit that would be down to 50 percent crazy it's crazy it's crazy so 
We nah, got, I would have got them to 60%. We'll be at 60% if I was on the team. Nah. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe. But that's just something I want to leave you guys with. Yeah. No, that's something wow, I did not know that. That's a wow. Yeah. You can't, you can't win if you're doing that. I did not know that either. I, I knew they were not shooting free throws very well, but I was thinking it was like 60s to 70%, maybe 75. But that's that's bad. Well, how many are we attempting a game? Do you know? I don't know. And honestly, Trevor, I don't care. We got we got we, we yeah. I, I mean, it's, I don't know if the answer would have made you say something right other than I just feel like I had to follow it up with something like hold that's on. a good question. That's a good follow up question. Anytime Trevor starts doing unnecessary follow up question, it's time to transition, man. But that's just something I want to leave you guys with as far as as the free throws. Let's keep an eye on that. Let's really look at that number next game and as we progress throughout the season, and especially in these close games, let's look at it. Um. But let's move on to the Word on Campus. Word on Campus today, I've got it. Um, I'll share it with you guys, and then I'll let both Trevor and Blake, you know, give your thoughts on it. But we've talked about it a lot during this podcast. I think, Blake, you brought it up. Trevor, you brought it up. Attendance hasn't looked that great. There's been, you know, talk about it, but there was an article um, that was, you know, put out by the Star Tribune. And so looking at it here, per the Star Tribune and Marcus Fuller, the Gophers men's basketball attendance is on pace for the lowest attendance in five decades. The average ticket scanned is 3,313 tickets this season. So I think we know, you know, how many of the barn holes, I think we can kind of see all the empty seats in there. And I think we all know the importance of having a, a full Williams Arena. We just talked about how it's one of the toughest places to play in the country when the barn is rocking. So hearing that stat, you know, and hearing that, first I'll open it up to you, Blake. You know, what are your initial thoughts on that? And we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's somewhat alarming. I mean, like we said, there's no better place to play than the barn in Sherman Homer. But when the barn's rocking and sold out, it's a it's an amazing atmosphere and yeah. you know granted the twin cities like i said earlier we have a lot of sports teams so we are competing for a lot of people's time on getting to yeah. games and i think now with just kids activities and the, the society we live in with just the amount of sports and practices and games and year-round activities people have it's getting tougher you know I'm going to be honest, and you guys can see this online, but this is happening everywhere. I won't say as drastic as it is in Minnesota, but attendance is down everywhere. And that's because of the society and YouTube TV and Instagram, and people can check highlights and door after the games, et cetera. But, you know, I don't think it is as extreme as Williams Arena right now. And, you know, the one thing I do want to point out is as a player, you want to know scan tickets because scan tickets means actually people foot traffic stepping into the arena. When people say mm-hmm. the other number like 6,000, 7,000, well, that's counting season ticket holders that already purchased tickets that just didn't show up. Right. But, you know, right. player as a player university, you want the revenue. Right. So, you know, obviously they want people in the foot, you know, stands to pay for drinks and, you know, cheer on the team, et cetera. But as a player, you want scan tickets and, Talking about 3,000, 3,800 scan tickets. I mean, you know, the the Williams Arena, I think, holds like 14,600 people, right? So that's that's not even halfway full, which is pretty alarming. Um, 
But, you know, part of that is society. Part of that is, like I said earlier, a spade a spade. You know, the team maybe isn't as uh, good as maybe people thought they would were going to be. And we lost a couple bad games. I mean, I was at the Michigan game and Michigan was good and it's good, but we lost by a lot of points. And I think maybe that, you know, steered some people sideways a little bit. Maybe they're not showing up. So hopefully these last two games are getting people to realize, hey, that they are improving. They're getting better. You know, they, they did lose two, both of those games, but they were close games. And I was at the Nebraska game. It was a fun game to watch. They lost, but it was a fun game to watch, right? I'd go back and watch that same game, even though they lost, because it was entertaining. Um, it was fun to be there, but, you know, we we got to get wins to get people there. I mean, I'm just going to be honest, right? Yeah. You know, people want to go see teams that win, and we're going to get there, but, you know, it is somewhat alarming. I don't know, Trev, your thoughts on that. No, same, Mikey. Um Non-conference is always kind of tricky. Um, obviously, I think the first few games are always a little bit easier because everybody's excited just to watch the team play again. Um, but then, obviously, once you start losing and you start losing the way you're losing, um, I, you know it, it. It keeps some you know fans stop showing up. Let's be honest. Like then they like they want to watch you know a team that's going to compete or who has a good chance of winning, and we haven't been able to show that right now. Um, to your point, too, also earlier, like, you know, tennis is down across the board. A lot of different areas, a lot of different schools are having those issues. I mean, you see it in high school, um, too, Trev, I bet. I mean, you're a high school coach. What I've noticed is even high school students don't go to high yeah. school games like they used to when you and I both played. Exactly. No, yeah. You're rarely, even on a Friday night, you know, you might be able to play one of your team rivals and, like, you know, half the kids, you know, the student body shows up forever. Like, but you said they have access to everything and, you know, they can watch, you know, fresh, you know, Instagram or Snapchat or whatever the case may be. And like less people are just showing up. Um, so, I mean, and you're coming off a pandemic year, you know, you know, and so like, I want to put, I won't put this on Ben. Obviously it sucks. You know, at the end of the day, like that's what everybody's going to think about. I was like, Oh, Ben Johnson's not a good coach or that case may be. And I just, that's just part of the stresses that come along with being um, in his, you know, in his shoes. Uh, it's not fair, but I mean that's just part of it. I mean, lowest attendance in what five decades? You said like that's fifty years. Yeah, but I, I, I echo um, what Trev said. I mean, people are hating on maybe Ben. Like he's not a good coach. He's not bringing the energy. I mean, that's not it at all, right? You know, it's not Ben's no. fault here. I mean, it's happening across the country. But you know, once you know the team's young, we got all new players. We had all new players last year, right? So there's just not an identity with this team right now because we haven't seen the same players besides pretty much battle, right? We've seen them two years in a row. That's the only player really that we've seen two years in a row. So the fans are having a tough time, you know, seeing the same players. And you know, we all know, you know, as a growing up as a fan, I remember Bobby Jackson was my guy, right? He was only there for two years or so, but like. I went to the games because I like watching Bobby Jackson and you start, you get those players that you watch for four years and, you know, kids say, I want to go to the game. You know, I love the Gophers, but I want to go see Trevor Mbakwe play or I want to go see, you know, Jamison Battle play. Right. And I think the more players we have that are staying for four years and the more, you know, this, this team and program evolves with Ben Johnson, I think it's going to get better. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I do believe most people love Ben. I mean, he's he's one of us. He's a gopher, and I think they're everybody's waiting to rally behind him. And once they figure it out, that you know, I, I don't have any issues of him having the support that he's going to need moving forward. Because the day, like he's a Minnesota guy, he's a gopher. He's one of us. Um, everybody's you know they're excited when he came back, and right now it's just part of the you know part of the game. You know they're losing, and you know 
you go anywhere. LA, you know, Lakers, like watch them, like, you know, everybody's talking, you know, mess about them, but that's just part of it. But, and let's but be honest, a lot of that. these games are, you know, Saturday at 11 a.m., you know, it is a tough game even to bring families to. People got stuff going on, right? Other games were like 8 p.m. at night, right, during the week. Like, I don't know. I, I don't want to yeah. go to an 8 p.m. game. I'm just going to be honest. That's that's too late <laughs> for my old butt. Um, and then you got, you know, just other stuff going on. Like, the, the, the times just aren't great. And then with Minnesota, right, you got – you know, we've had we have so, like 20 inches of snow outside right now. Like people yeah. don't want to go outside. It's negative five degrees out. Right. So I know those are somewhat excuses, but those factor in. Right. When you're seeing, hey, this team isn't as good as I thought they were going to be. And it's an eight o'clock game and it's negative 20 out with 14 inches of snow. Like, what do you want to do? You want to sit on your couch probably and watch the game. Um, so exactly. we got a little bit of factors going at us right now, but I think it's going to get better. But I did see that article and. It is a little bit alarming and shocking, but um, you know it's a little bit skewed too because I think it's happening all across the country. Yep. Yeah, I completely agree. I think to both of your points, the easy thing to write about is this: you have to write about something, you know. And then obviously drawing tied to Ben Johnson and the team and the losing, but it has nothing to do with that. I think it's all your points, all the points you guys have made, the weather, whatever it may be, the times, whatever it may be. I think that that all lose to the point. So. But yeah, for the next topic, for next show, I, this is one of the things that does bother me when it comes like, you know, the, the media and like they, I, I, uh, this is, you know, Minnesota media is different than I think some other schools. Um, it's just, I think that's the part that bothers me sometimes is like, why are we having this conversation right now? Woo. Like we're using. <laughs> it, sound, like, it sounds like Trev has a monologue plan for next episode. So we'll, uh, We'll go well, ahead. And you, see. Kendall, you guys know, like we're not, we can't touch on it right now. But like, it's just like, really, this is what we're talking about. Like, what? what and I know the reporters. I, I have much respect for them, and I know that they're doing their job. But also, at some points, it like it bothers me. Like, you know, when we don't have the support, when everybody's quick to jump on you, when the bam, you know, when the bus isn't running the right way. Agree. No, I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. I even think to yesterday's point, you know, Nadine Babu put out a tweet about that number. She had the video at the beginning, but then she replied to it and she had a video of, hey, the attendance now is way more, is way more filled out, all the, you know what I mean? So it's just one of those things, Trev, where like a lot of people could have done that same thing and said, hey, it's full now, but no, more people were talking about how it was empty at the beginning. So I will say we'll yesterday, not to, not to, um, I did see that that picture. That picture was a little skewed to your point because, you know, not to belabor this, but there was parking <laughs> issues yesterday. The whole uh, campus, <laughs> no, seriously, yeah. the whole campus um, parking was, the whole system was down. So I had yeah. a ticket because they give you a ticket for being an alumni to go park in the university ramp. It was full. They just were letting people in. And there was no parking ramps available <laughs> to park in. So everyone was late to the game because no one knew where to park. So no, all those little things, all those little things go into it. But we'll see how the attendance goes, you know, coming up for the rest of the season. But this is our words all go for fans or fans that you think you're go for fans. It's time to be one. Get to the games snowing. If it's 8 p.m. Blake, just I don't know. Figure it out. Drink some coffee, drink some espresso, <laughs> whatever it may be. But appreciate everybody listening today. You know, it's been another episode. We're excited for these next two games. We're excited for the rest of the season. Hopefully after Ohio State and Illinois, we're coming back, fellas, and we're talking about, you know, how the Gophers just pulled off two great wins, and we can still save this season. But for Blake Hoffarver, Trevor Mbakwe, I'm Kendall Shell. Appreciate everybody listening to another episode. Go Gophers. Sky you mine.
Beyond the Big Ten is a network of podcasts that aims to be your go-to resource for all things Big Ten. We cover the entire conference with shows hosted by ex-players and athletic alumni, aiming to be your go-to source of information and entertainment for your favorite team. Hosted by ex-Big Ten players, media, and insiders, our podcasts are focused on giving diehard fans and those alums an inside scoop about the teams and people that make the Big Ten Conference one of the most watched and most talked about conferences in sports. We're excited to talk Big Ten basketball with you wherever you may be. Subscribe now.